Hey, listen up. Yeah, we here and we locked in. Let's keep it going all the way to the top 10. We fear the turtle, so it's no other option. Fred and Ryan, just watch them. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. All right, Turf fans, welcome back to uh, part two of this two-hour-long podcast. It's It's been so long since we've gotten together. We had a lot of crap to catch up on, and obviously uh, the Mark Turgeon situation, uh, it, it, you know, that's not something you can glass over. There's a lot of things to talk about with that. Uh, but we didn't get a chance to talk about the football squad, man, the exciting news, right? It was a little bit of a depression cast on the last pod. This one's a little bit more exciting, man, the, uh, the football squad – Finally gets to that sixth win. We're going bowling. New York, New York, the pinstripe bowl versus Virginia Tech. Yeah, I'm excited for this ACC grudge match. It's good to see an old foe. I think it could do really big things for the program. We'll get into more of the intricacies of how this matchup is different than some other bowl. Yeah, I actually think it was kind of a perfect matchup for Maryland, you know, to get uh, a notable bowl, uh, good location, proximity to the campus, a great alumni base in New York, and get a chance to play a Power 5 program, uh, local former ACC rival. So, uh, you know, you, you couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah, it's got a little something extra special for you, Ryan. Obviously, Virginia Tech, Mike Vick, that whole situation, which I know you've explained on the show before. It's kind of how you guys got your start into college football with your mom watching Mike Vick for the first time and you guys getting into the season tickets. It's got to be a little extra special for you, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a really cool story I've always had that Michael Vick is the reason that I became a Maryland Terrapin fan because my mom was amazed and, you know, she. I was like, well, we could go watch that live. And so we went to one <laughs> Maryland game. And from the every season there on, I've been to every Maryland game. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's a little something extra special. Right, exactly. Uh, it's Wednesday, December 29th, kickoff two. 15 it's a wednesday game uh so you know hopefully we get a good, nice turnout there i would expect what maybe 10 15 thousand terp fans to show up i would think yeah i think so i actually haven't looked at uh, uh ticket sales uh online to see you know just how packed it is i do know that yankee stadium just the way the field is set up i think there's a lot of sections that they don't uh don't allow in but uh should be between both schools i think should be a pretty good turnout well, I know not- you have three tickets sold here. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll definitely be there. Uh, so if you're going to be up there and you want to say hi, let us know. Send us a message on social media. We'd love to meet up, have a drink with somebody or you know, a burger or whatever. We're fat. We like to eat. So <laughs> whatever you guys want to do. But it's not just us that's exciting, man. You could, you could tell listening to Locks and his opener just how excited he is about this bowl and how excited his players are. A great, great day for the Terps. Um, uh, chance to to continue our play during the 21 season with an opportunity to go to a bowl game uh, and to happen to be able to go up to New York, which uh, to be able to play in Yankee Stadium is a, a great honor for us uh, as a team, but even more so for our fans to have the opportunity to to drive up and, and come up and support you know our, our football program. And so this is a win-win for our football program as well as our fans as we take the next step that we often talk about um, obviously, for me, the big the big thing that comes out of this game is the opportunity to continue to develop our program uh, with the practices that we'll be able to have here in the next few weeks uh, as we prepare for uh, our game against Virginia Tech. 
uh, obviously to play an ACC an opponent uh, with us having left the conference and, and uh, a few years back, you know, it was great to have some of those natural, uh, the, the natural rivalry of an ACC an opponent that we uh, used to compete against. And I know our players are excited about it. Uh, I'm excited. Our coaches are um, as we uh, embark on the next few weeks of developing our program while also giving our seniors a chance to, to go out the right way. Um, the goal is obviously to get to a bowl game, but the goal is also to win. And, you know, we, we're going to use these next few weeks to do everything we can to prepare our team to win while also developing our program uh, as we take the next step into what I feel is our 22 seasons. And, and and rightfully so, man. These guys should be excited. The coaches, the players. I mean, we talked about this. The goal number one for this year was getting to a bowl. We didn't care what the bowl was. We just get to a bowl. Get to that sixth win. And we did so despite all the adversity that we faced with all the injuries and everything that happened this year and all the question marks and the bad losses and all that. It didn't matter. In the end of the day, we found a way to get to that sixth win, even if it did come in the last game of the year. Yeah, and the the Blakey talked about the old ACC foe, someone we used to compete about uh, with. We talked about um, how this is a really successful program. I mean, they've been to twenty eight yeah. of the last uh, twenty nine bowl games. In fact, they would have went to all of them because all they did was opt out last year due to COVID, or his streak would have continued. Uh, but the Terps have competed. They are are actually win the uh, histor- historic matchups, and they won the last matchup between the two teams, 27 to 23, in Blacksburg. So this isn't a team that rolled over us back in the day. We've always been competitive. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. When last time Maryland played uh, um, uh, Virginia Tech, I was actually in Florida, or excuse me, at South Carolina, uh, tailgating for the South Carolina Florida game, and we had ATV watching that Maryland game, and whole place went crazy, and then uh, we celebrated. So I always remember that game. Uh, but yeah, I just think you know we mentioned it before, just the fact that um, you know Maryland made it very clear that getting to a bowl game in year three was that next step that they had to get. Um, so I do think that just the fact that they did get it, um, and, like, and like Loxley talked about, just these 14, 15 additional practices that Maryland's able to get for these younger guys, uh, just able to uh, get back out on the field uh, and develop, um, you know, is big for that development process. Um, so I, I think it, there's a lot to celebrate uh, and definitely notable. But I did also note, um, I don't believe it was in this press conference with the Pinstripe Bowl. It was last week uh, after the Bowl matchup was announced, but Loxley... Uh, reiterated that this is the foundation. This isn't the expectation that you just get to a bowl. So I did think it was it's the um, start notable that exactly, but that that he that he noted that we just this isn't Maryland celebrating. Hey, we made a bowl game. Like no, this is the first step, and now we're going to take the next one. So uh, I think that was kind of uh, just just uh, uh, evident that he pointed that difference out. I know that for both myself and Ahmed, this win is uh, is is important because we had predicted these seven and six wins. We want to come out with a winning season, but we did already meet the the bottom layer, the expectation for this team. Locks downplays the fact that this winning season being all that important. Yeah, I, the foundation to me is set in that we took that step to get us in this position. Um, we're in, we're in a position to extend our season. We're in a position where we we'll, we're able to send the 25 seniors we uh, recognize out with an opportunity to play in a bowl, which nobody here in the program has ever done. And as I said, the, the Rutgers game to us was the end of the, the 21 season. And for us, we did all we could for our seniors. And now I'm going to lean on these 25 uh, seniors to lead us into the future. And uh, this game to me 
basically signifies what the 22 season will be all about um, as we take another step. Uh, we took a, a, a big step for the football team this year, uh, but an even bigger step for our football program by putting ourselves in position uh, to, to go to a bowl game in year three of, of my tenure. And now the foundation is there, and, and this is the standard that we want. And uh, it's one that we've got to continue to work toward and build upon. And this group of 25 seniors has done their part by laying the foundation. And I know I'm going to lean on those guys to help take us over the top and, and hopefully get us into where we have a winning season, which we haven't had around here in, in some time. So to that point, right, we talked about the importance of just getting to a bowl and what that means for this program for one, the fan base and the fan base being, excited and happy with the progress, but then two, from a recruiting standpoint, what it meant uh, for this program to get bowl eligible again. Uh, but what specifically about this game uh, is so important for the Terps to come in here and have a good showing? Because to me, to your point, Ryan, this is a this is kind of a program that I think the Terps in the long run want to emulate. They want to get to a bowl game every year with the chance to win 10, 11, 12 games here and there to be able to do that 28 out of the last 29 years is obviously something that this program is striding to do long-term. Yeah. Hopefully this is the last time we see a three and well, seven season or whatever it was like this six wins is the foundation now, but it is the baseline like that's your bad year. We can't have any more of these three, four win seasons. That that can't be what this program, with the amount of money, the amount of effort they've put in, ever sees again. Yeah, and I also do think that uh, the, if 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 Loxley does see three, four win seasons uh, moving forward, I think it kind of moves him uh, onto the hot seat more and more uh, from this point forward. Um, so I, th- I think that's kind of the, kind of the something else that's notable. But uh, yeah, I just think again, just just for this this team to be able to get back and kind of reset these expectations for Maryland, um, you know, again, not celebrating the fact that you get to a bowl. So I think that's just um, you know, kind of that next step. So uh, you know, I, again, just an opportunity to end it at seven and six. I think is uh, would would leave a better taste in the mouth for this fan base that's been craving more success for this from this program for so long. Now, could we have found an easier seven and six route where they stuck us against some mid major team in Detroit? Sure. But (laughs) would it have done as much as this could do? I don't think so, because, you know, we've always said that part of the losing part of the reason that was going on. Obviously, we had some bad things going on in house, but it's just how much better the Big Ten is than the ACC. And this is kind of that put up put up or shut up moment because you're getting to play the ACC. You're getting to show that, you know, this six and six is better than their six and six that, you know, us being them being the third in the ACC coastal division versus the fifth in the big East doesn't mean that we would be fifth in the Atlantic coastal division. So I think this is really one of those moments where all your talking points you've had for years, you need to go prove it. Well, outside of this just being an ACC versus a Big Ten matchup, I might got a chance to talk to uh, Coach Locks a little bit about the local ties to this with it being a border state. Hey, Coach. Um, I know you mentioned the, you know, the fact that uh, Maryland Virginia Tech, former ACC rivals, but also just the fact that you know, regional rivals as well and um, you know, going against you know, those local schools for recruiting and things like that, I guess. Um, you know, how do you feel like that may be? Or do you feel like that maybe adds additional motivation for any of your Virginia natives on the roster? You know, I, I doubt that it adds any additional because as, as we found, because of what the type of talent we have in the DMV region, everybody comes in here. 
You know, I'd like to say that I opened up Pandora's box back in 1995, 96, uh, before a lot of people really came in to recruiting this area. But everybody's in here. Everybody's coming to get these players because this is an area that's very fruitful. And if you look across the country, there's a DMV player usually on every roster that, that really uh, has played a part in those teams having success. I think that's a credit to the type of coaching we have in this area, the type of players. And, you know, we're going to do all we can to try to keep those top players here. And one step of it is developing a program that ends up in bowls and, and, and competes for championships. And to me, this is the, the first step that we needed to take. I think there's a lot of truth into what he said. I liked the Pandora's box analogy because he really <laughs> did kind of open it up to all the big dogs stealing from us. But I think more than the motivation for this year, it's really just the importance for the future of the program, the importance for future recruiting, not necessarily for the kids, but the staff has to know that this is going to change conversations in living rooms coming up. Yeah, um, you know, uh, you know, I know we're kind of skimming ahead, but Maryland's going up against Virginia Tech for four-star running back Ramon Brown. So, um, y- you know, obviously, I don't think you know Virginia Tech is going to be able to sell the future or things like that. But um, yeah, you know, they, they they go up against each other every single year. Uh, Penn State, UVA, you know, they're 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 all battling against each other. So, um, I, I do think that that Loxy did underplay that a little bit because stuff like this does get used. Well, we're ta- while we're talking about the future results, Locks actually discussed the added benefit of practice. You know, the extended practices for us, basically, it, it, it's almost a, a, a leaf. It almost becomes an, another spring practice for us because we'll, we'll try to get in. I think right now, as I'm working through the scheduling now that it's official, I'm hoping to get like 12 to 14 practices in, which becomes like another spring ball. Um, with our players that are, you know, have contributed this year. Uh, the goal is to get them enough work for them to be prepared. Uh, we'll have our normal uh, game week prep with a Monday through Friday type schedule. But the practices prior to that will be about, we call it uh, filling a prescription. I had each position coach kind of take all of our individual players and figure out what things we wanted to get accomplished during these next few weeks to improve each individual player. And to me, that's the, uh, the beauty of being able to play in a bowl game is to develop the young players that maybe not play, has, has played a lot or played uh, impactful roles into the season, but getting them coached up. And so it, to me, it's like another spring practice uh, where the young guys will be the point of emphasis in terms of developing them, but also trying to figure out with the returning players that are uh, part of the game plan, getting them enough work while also kind of evaluating some things we need to improve upon and and gearing our practices toward development. I'm excited about the development. I know that we've been talking about these practice importance for years that we have basically had an entire month stolen out of the development of every class for five years. But I certainly hope that he sees that this is a slightly different situation than Alabama practicing for a bowl where you might steamroll somebody you're you need to spend a little bit of time beating the team in front of you and while you're preparing for next year yeah I mean I'm all for getting as much work as you can with these guys and obviously having a couple of weeks between the end of the season and the bowl games great but to his point earlier like this is an important game you want to win this game so you're wanting to prepare the guys that are going to be playing prominent roles in this position so your game plan better be strong coming out against this team because let's talk about it Virginia Tech same record six and six on the year 
Yeah, that's it's kind of a mess over there with with the coaching change. They're going through exactly what we're talking about with basketball, where people are 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 leaving. Things are going on. New coaches coming in at both the assistant level and everything. So hopefully we're catching them at a good time. Uh, when you look at the records, the only common opponent we had was WVU. Uh, they did lose to WVU 27-21. Of course, we beat WVU, but I, I wouldn't be overly confident from that. I mean, I truly believe that we caught – West Virginia on the right day, and that after losing the amount of players we have over I was going to say, we I had all know. our weapons then at that yeah, point, Yeah, I don't too. know if we would still beat them in the shape we are today. Right, 100%. Yeah, I think the the intriguing thing about Virginia Tech is that they have a lot of opt-outs, too. Jermaine Waller was a guy that he opted out today, and what's crazy about Jermaine Waller, he's a guy that, uh, local guy, he was a former three-star, went to Avalon. Um, he actually tried committing to Maryland and was told no, and then he went to Virginia Tech, so... Wow, I can imagine they're probably uh, they're pro- maybe maybe kicking themselves a little bit on that, but um, you know he's that's a big piece for him. Uh, Trey Turner, uh, he's a guy that he opted out as well. Tight end James Mitchell, uh, defensive lineman Jordan Williams, he was a guy that transferred in from Clemson, played a pretty prominent role for him. Defensive lineman uh, Mari Barno, so um, just a lot of uncertainty. Um, and, and kind of the what from what I've gathered is if you can stop the run against Virginia Tech, um, you have a good shot at beating them and. Uh, even the Virginia Tech fans have reached out to me. They're like, I think Maryland's going to end up winning by seven, eight points. So, <laughs> Well, you bring up a bunch of names that have uh, uh, declared for the NFL draft and they're opting out. So one name that we heard recently for the Terps that is also declaring for the NFL draft, and that's Chig. That's our, that's our boy, our tight end, Chig Aconquo. Now, the difference with Chig is, though, he is going to be playing in this game, correct? That is correct. Yeah, that so, is correct. So that, all these and- players that have declared for Virginia Tech – have declared and opted out of this bowl, correct? So there are two players that have uh, declared for the draft, but they will play, and that's uh, wide receiver uh, Changa Hodge and then uh, offensive lineman Brock Hoffman. Yeah, Brock Hoffman's a big boy, all ACC, offensive lineman, declared for the NFL draft, but is still going to play. The wide receiver that's still around that declared for the NFL draft, I couldn't find a single stat for him, so I was a little confused by by that. Maybe he's just out of out of years of eligibility and is declaring for the NFL draft because he wasn't listed on any of the statistics I could find for the team. Yeah, it looks like Hodge didn't play for a lot of the season. Uh, he came back from a torn ACL, uh, so he made an appearance in the final two games, uh, actually the last three games against Boston College, Duke, uh, Miami. So uh, it doesn't look like that was uh, too, 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 too big of a loss for them statistically this year, but uh, I would definitely say losing Trey Turner uh, is a big weapon on the outside for him. Yeah, it's a team, when you're looking at them, they, they haven't really done a whole lot through the air. Uh, obviously, Trey Turner was their big option out there, and if he's not going to be eligible in this game or he's not playing in this game, that's a huge win for the Terps. But where you got to be worried about this team is on the ground. Uh, they've got a trio of running backs. They share the ball between the three of them. They've had over 1,600 yards rushing this year between the three combined. Uh, and Raheem Blackshear, 5'9", 194, leads the way. Yeah, Blackshear is definitely uh, they got they got to know. Um, he transferred in from Rutgers, so probably a familiar name for a lot of Maryland fans. Um, he is actually filling in the role for Khalil Herbert, who's the back running back now for the Bears on, uh, behind uh, David Montgomery. Uh, but uh, uh, Blackshear is a guy that um, uh, 714 yards, six carry or six touchdowns on tw- 121 carries this year, uh, 244 receiving yards and a touchdown on 23 catches. So definitely a guy, and especially with Trey Turner out, I would ex- definitely expect a guy like Blackshear who could have an NFL grade for with uh, by him. Um, definitely expect him to get a lot more action. 
Yeah, and they also have a freshman running back backing him up. They don't really use him through the air at all. Seems more like a mauler right now. 88 carries, 433 yards, and three touchdowns from Malcolm Thomas at 6'4", 194. So uh, I, they're definitely going to be a, a running attack. Even the quarterback likes to run, right, Fred? <laughs> yeah, right. Also, they're special teams. That's obviously going to play uh, an impact in all of our games because our special teams has not been good this year. Uh, their kicker, John Romo, doesn't suck. He's pretty good. 100% for extra points, 81% on the year from field goals, 52-yard long. So if they're in field goal range, they've got a guy that can get it done. Yeah, that's going to be definite disadvantage for us, right? <laughs> I would say so. All of special Checkbox yeah. for Virginia Tech on that one. <laughs> yeah, the, watch Virginia Tech pull out all the trick plays on special teams. I mean, it's uh, you know, at this point for Maryland, you, you just kind of have to wait for them to to prove something to you for 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 you to really move the needle uh, for your expectations on special teams. It's been a uh, uh, absolute crapshoot this year. I really think if Virginia Tech has any chance to beat us, it's going to be with our junior quarterback Braxton Burmeister. I his air attack isn't anything to go with. You know, 142 attempts. 1,960 yards and 14 TDs, but he runs the ball just as much as their running backs. He's got 117 attempts, 521 yards with two TDs there. With us not having the linebacker core like at all right now, uh, being down to really bare bones, it could be a real problem with both the the secondary rush. I mean, you're going to probably have to spy this guy, and that takes away what your only linebacker and Ruben going on right now. So it could be a problem, but he has given up big sacks, kind of like Talia. Uh, but that makes those rushing numbers even more impressive that he had 25 sacks and still had 521 yards because Talia gave up all his own sack yardage. Yeah, speaking of linebacker core, Ahmed, I know obviously we had the departure of Brandon Jennings, so he's not going to be a part of the bowl game. Uh, it sounds like Fanage Gote is not going to be ready to play in this game either. Who are we looking to be out there on the field outside of Ruben in this game? Yeah, um, so the two guys I expect back. I, I, I sounds like Deshaun Holt has a good chance to play. I remember Loxy said that 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 injury wasn't season ending, and then he didn't play in the regular season. Uh, so uh, there's there's good possibility that he ends up coming back. Uh, outside of that, um, obviously not a linebacker, but Ty Felton. He ended up missing the last game. Uh, he uh, ended up uh, flaring his hamstring. So sounds like he's going to be expected back. All good. Um, was held out kind of as a precaution. Um, so those those are pretty much the the two main guys that I'm kind of expecting back. So um, you're right. Uh, obviously, Terrence Lewis didn't really play this year, but Brandon Jennings was the guy beginning of the season, played a lot, and then uh, obviously got injured, so fell into the rotation a little bit. Um, so it will be interesting to see uh, how, how Maryland kind of delves that up, you know, how, how much a guy like maybe Kobe Thomas, who played a lot earlier in the season, uh, you know, how much does he fill in this uh, going into this weekend, or excuse me, uh, into this bowl game. So um, we, sh- we shall see. What do they look like across the the defensive line? Obviously, that's been kind of the staple of this defense this year. You mentioned Greg Rose a couple minutes ago, who's been a standout on this defense. Uh, he's a guy that uh, obviously he's healthy. He's going to be there as a part uh, in this bowl game. What are we looking like on the defensive line? Are there any major injuries that we need to worry about there? No, sounds like you know Ami Mo. Uh, you know they've been kind of battling a lot of their. Um, they they've had some. I wouldn't call them minor injuries, but injuries they've been able to play through. Uh, so just the extended time gives them uh, some some added time uh, to to kind of heal back. And I think the defensive line. You saw a guy like Daryl Jackson who played every game this year. Uh, uh, Ty A. Johnson, Tommy King Basote ended up at burning his red shirt. Um, and then obviously we mentioned Greg Rose, uh, 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 Bunyan. Uh, he played a little bit, uh, and Anthony Booker, Tank Booker. Uh, he flashed at times. So. 
Um, you know, I, I, I will say this defensive line, uh, it looked, the starting unit looks pretty good. And definitely, you know, I just said a lot of names, a lot of guys that can kind of play inside and out. Um, so, so I think the depth is pretty good there. Well, you know, it's a tale of two seasons with us stopping the run. Minnesota made us look like boys to men. And then with Michigan State, where we were all scared of the best running back in the country, we were able to pretty much shut it down. So figure out which one it is, I guess. If, well, we, if we can show up and play like we did at Michigan State, it's going to be a good day. At least for one half we did in that game anyway. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about offensively. What can this team do? Obviously, the run game has been lacking this year, but... Over the last couple of games, we saw freshman Colby McDonald kind of burst onto the scene, getting some opportunity. He looks good. He looks promising for the future. Uh, I think between him and Tayon Fleet Davis, they're going to have to carry uh, a lion's share of the load going into this game because, in my opinion, now listen, I, I, I said it last last episode, Leah probably showed his best game against Rutgers because it it meant so much to this program. And that was the first time I'd saw him be able to fight through the, the importance or when the, the lights are bright, right? Well, now he's in New York city with a bowl game going against Virginia tech. I worry about him getting a little jittery throwing interceptions early in this game that we're going to have to rely on that run game to, to lead us through this one. Yeah. Um, I do think it's notable that, you know, obviously we mentioned earlier, but Jermaine Waller not being, uh, or not playing, uh, I think kind of, helps alleviate some of the stress going against that hooky secondary. Um, and then, but a guy that is going to be trying to come downhill a lot and putting some pressure on Leah is going to be linebacker, Jack Hollyfield, who was four star coming out of high school. Uh, I believe Clemson wanted him pretty badly as well. Uh, but Virginia Tech just beat him out. Uh, did a pretty good job. I think UNC was the one involved as well at one point, but yeah, that's the captain of the defense. That's going to be the guy. So that's going to be someone to keep an eye on again, Jordan Williams, the defensive lineman who transferred in from Clemson. It's not going to be there. Um, so I think Maryland's going to be able to potentially have some opportunities to uh, establish some, some uh, rushing attack. I don't know how consistent it's going to be, but I do think that, you know, just Maryland's identity with their pass, the pass first oriented offense. Uh, I do think that that is a little, bit more favorable against this Virginia Tech team so I, I do feel a little bit confident there I think Tayon Sweet Davis is going to show out just one more time I mean he waited <laughs> to his it took his sweet old time this year to, to actually show up and play at the talent level that I know that guy has I've always been a big fan of his I thought he was one of the more talented teams even when we had um, Leak and McFarland I always thought that he just had this special type of burst and he showed it in the Rutgers game finally so I'm hoping that it kind of hit him that this is it. This is where I have to play for, and I'm hoping to get a big game out of him again as well. Yeah, and I also do kind of wonder just how uh, conscious Maryland's going to make an effort to get Chig involved. I mean, we obviously yeah. saw down the stretch of the season that he was very involved, but also, um, you know, one thing that Maryland uh, kind of needs to improve on, and it's obviously so much easier said than done, but, um, you know, longevity of the NFL careers is something that gets brought up a lot. Total salary that gets made a lot. Um, and, and getting a guy like Chig, that's why getting a guy like also Jalen Duncan uh, into the NFL drafted maybe a, a day two pick day two pick would really help with offensive line especially offensive tackle recruiting but a guy like Chig to where you know Maryland really didn't have a tight end hasn't really had a dominant tight end and you can make the argument saying a uh, sense of Vernon Davis um 
to, to, to get a guy high up on the boards and maybe improve that stock. Um, I do think that he has a draftable grade, but right now he is cons- kind of considered an H-back role. Um, so just maybe getting him involved, helping him boost his stock a little bit more because Maryland knows that uh, obviously you want him to succeed, put him in the best position, but then you get rewarded on the back end by going on the trail saying, hey, look how we just used this tight end and now he's playing for the Falcons uh, in, alongside Kyle Pitts. Right. Any uh, news on whether he'll uh, go to like the Senior Bowl or anything? Has he gotten any invitations? Yeah, on that? I I haven't heard if he got that invite yet, but I do know that that uh, that's kind of was something that he was hoping for, kind of expecting. Uh, show out of the bowl game, show out at the Senior Bowl, and then hopefully get an invite to the combine. You know exactly, exactly. But yeah, I do think it was also kind of expected. I mean, if he kind of had the season that he did, and obviously the wide receiver injuries played a big role in him having that type of season but um you know he 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 deserved it and he earned it and uh you know full transparency i reached out to shake and i told him that he's 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 a perfect example of a guy of why i love doing my job i mean i've covered him from high school to now he, he is i'm telling you he's a great guy definitely a guy you want to root for i'm really happy for him and i know obviously Maryland fans you selfishly want him back but like if you know him you talk to him you you want him to be great so um really happy for him no yeah. i just like to talk with him because uh, he scared me a little bit uh the timing of it and the fact that i had to wait to the last sentence for you to say you were going to play in the bowl game <laughs> <laughs> i was starting reading this i'm like no really we're not gonna have tra- oh he's gonna play the bowl yeah i figured he'd go to the nfl yeah that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd love to see those two guys go out on a high note between Tayon fleet davis and chig uh, both of those guys, they deserve it, right? And they've been an integral part of this team for, for many years now. So love to see them go out on top. Let's get into it, man. we got three weeks prior to this game, so a lot of things can change between now and then. But let's get some early predictions on the board. Ryan, I'll let you kick this off. How do you think this game shakes out? Do you think the Terps win? Well, I know the Virginia Tech coach has downplayed these level of opt-outs, these numbers, and saying this is just the new thing in football with the transfer portal. This this is not a, a, a or the fact that they he mentioned valuing the playoffs being a, a reason why people are opting out of all the bowls. That's not why people are opting out right now for you, boss. And there's a a level of attrition here that I think is going to matter. I think these were pretty evenly matched teams to start, and with all the players they're losing, I think Maryland's got a pretty good edge. Um, I'll take a 27-20 victory for the Terps. I like it. Uh, Ahmed, what do you got? So so West Virginia beat Virginia Tech 27-21, and we beat Virginia Tech. Oh, you're doing the Ryan thing. Here we go. West Virginia. Um, <laughs> what was it? 34-28 was the final. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to go. We beat Virginia Tech 69 nothing. <laughs> i like it <laughs> no i'm just kidding but i'm gonna go 31 uh, i'll go 31 16 i think this defense wow. is, is gonna end up stepping up and i think uh, offensively i i don't i think virginia tech can but i don't think that they uh will be able to stop and uh, the virginia tech defense has shown a propensity to allow a lot of big plays and things like that um so i also think the opt-outs for virginia tech are also pretty notable so uh, I think Maryland's going to end up winning this one a little bit bigger than I initially expected, but the 69 nothing definitely persuaded me on that one. Yeah, so for me, uh, I think you bring up a good point. Jermaine Waller out there will help alleviate some in the past game because that's my worry is, 
Leah with the lights being too bright, getting a little too happy foot and th- overthrowing balls and turning the ball over early. But if Maryland comes out with a balanced offense and they don't go away from the run game, they give the ball to Tayon Fleet Davis and Colby McDonald, move the chains. Methodically, you don't have to go 30 yards every play, but just move the ball, move the chains. You could do that on the ground and through the air. They stay balanced. I think the Terps have a really good shot at winning this game, especially with all the pieces that they're going to be missing on Virginia Tech's side. I've got it in a, pr- a pretty high-scoring game, actually. I've got it 33-27. Terps win this one. All right, clean sweep. And I think we all let the point spread. We all beat the point spread. So uh, maybe we need to get into this points bet America, USA, <laughs> or whatever it was, and put some money on this Terps game. It sounds good. Sounds good. But like I said, if you guys want to – Stop by. We're going to all be up there. Uh, Ryan and I are heading up the day before. We'll be there, uh, obviously, through the game and probably there until about 3 o'clock in the morning because I think that's when the mega bus is picking us up to take us home. So if you want to stop It's going to be a long day. It is going to be a long day, but I'm for it. So hopefully it's celebrating a win and we're not like – drowning away in our sorrows and hoping that the bus picks us up sooner. <laughs> Hopefully it's in a win. Uh, so if you want to stop up there and say hi to us hit, us, hit us up on social media. Let us know. Well, you know, that's a pretty exciting day. I can't wait for the bowl game, but I'm hoping that Ahmed's going to let me know that we're going to have one other exciting day and not one more depressing day between now and that December 29th bowl game. This early signing period, are we getting any better or are we getting any worse? Yeah, so, uh, I, you know, uh, there's just, just so fluid. It's been a crazy, crazy week. Uh, obviously, the biggest name to know, uh, four-star linebacker Jayshon Barham is going to announce on Saturday. That's uh, a Maryland, big one. That is the, he's the, you could, I would say, undoubtedly, he's the number one target on the board. But, um, you know, linebacker, even when it wasn't in need, uh, they definitely wanted him, and they definitely would have been sad if they missed out. Uh, but uh, four-star linebacker Jason Barham started at the Matha, transferred to St. Francis, played under Elijah Brooks, announcing Saturday Final Four of uh, Oklahoma, Maryland, South Carolina, Penn State. Um, obviously, the 24-7 sports crystal ball predictions are rolling in for South Carolina. Uh, Maryland got a chance to go in at St. Francis today. South Carolina was in today. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, not, never say never, but uh, Maryland's kind of – fighting an uphill battle in the, in the 11th hour. So uh, we shall see. I am definitely still going to be tuning in. Uh, it's it's nothing would surprise me with this announcement. And then this weekend, uh, Maryland's going to be bringing in a couple high school guys, uh, four-star local uh, wide receiver, uh, Octavian Smith. He's in uh, Paint Branch High School, uh, former Northwestern commit, and uh, he'll be in town for an official, uh, Octa- or, excuse me, uh, Leon Houghton, uh, 6'3", wide receiver out of Benedictine and down in uh, Virginia, uh, he'll be coming down, and then uh, I mentioned a couple different names that Maryland will be hosting for official visitors out of the transfer portal. Uh, Alabama alt tackle uh, Pierce Quick was one of them. Uh, did a story on Vandarius Cowan. He's a linebacker, formerly a top 100 prospect from Alabama. Now he's uh, or then went to West Virginia, and now he has uh, two years to play. Look, by all accounts, he's just looking for the green light, making sure that this weekend goes well, and then he'll pull the trigger. So uh, I definitely expect Maryland to add some names. Uh, Ami Fifita, uh, he's a six foot six, three hundred thirty pound. Uh, uh, excuse me, two hundred thirty pound uh, defensive lineman out of uh, Independence. Um, he's another guy. He was actually the cousin of uh, current defensive lineman Mo Kite. Um He's another guy that Maryland hosted last weekend. Kind of two hundred thirty pound defensive lineman. 
did I say two thirty or three thirty? You said three thirty first, and then went back to two thirty. I'm I thinking, switched, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. No, excuse me, six six three thirty. Three thirty. Yeah. I was gonna say, okay, it's a small right, we'll defensive yeah. lineman. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to stay hot in Independence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, right. It's, it's, it's been a long day, but yeah, he's he's a guy. Like I said, he is the cousin of uh, Mokite, uh, so that's uh, definitely a big guy. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of names to know. I've definitely mentioned uh, others on the site, things like that. So um, will be interesting to track. Um, so. Stay It'll be an in. okay day. It might be a great one. We'll find out. Is that eh, what you're trying to tell me? The, at the end of the day, I do think that, you know, um, you know, Loxley, he mentioned it last week. Uh, I believe it was on the Glenn Clark radio podcast, and he did a really good story and or, uh, interview just kind of on the transfer portal, things like that. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, for all, for all these guys that leave, you know, we have backup plans. And I think, um, you know, at this point, everyone kind of has an idea that they think that, you know, Jay Sean's probably going to South Carolina. Uh, so if that does come to fruition, at the end of the day, I do fully expect that people are going to be dejected by local recruiting and feel down and things like that. But um, already you know, there, Ahmed, people are already calling for his head right now. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I definitely think that's that's definitely true um, for for you know just people to kind of get dejected for the, these local stars if they going out of town things like that. Um, but for um, you know when you think about Loxley, it's all about the the division, and you see Brandon Jennings coming out, and then literally the next day I'm reporting Vandarius Cowan, even though you know that sparked discussion. Uh, he's a portal linebacker, an experienced guy, so um, it's all about chasing you know what how how the plan is coming to fruition so that that's kind of how i always look at it so you know even if maryland ends up missing on on some guys next week you know uh, i'm sure a month from now we're gonna know another name that's gonna excite some people so yeah um, it's all about the chase exactly and locks in that interview did say he fully expects there to always be a 10 percent loss on his roster turnover because of the transfer portal so as much as we hate to see these guys leave because again we grow attached to the names we grow attached to the 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 you know, just anybody that comes through and dons the, the Terps uniform, uh, Locks has a plan, and there will be guys that come in that will be just as big a fan of when they get here. And fans need to learn that the transfer portal is different now and stop burning bridges as soon as somebody commits somewhere else because we'll see them next year in the transfer portal. So just calm down, <laughs> wish them well, and move on. Jay Sean Barham could go one year at USC down there in South Carolina and realize it wasn't California and come on back home. Yeah, I mean, look at Caleb Williams. Who who could have seen that happening? Right. I mean, uh, it's you know he he could end up going to South uh, USC, excuse me, um, and not USC South Carolina. USC is in Southern California, so you know, just you, you never know in college football. This this, this industry is insane. Uh, so um, you know, it's all again, it's all about the chase, right? Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in uh, for our two part show. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on all, all of our social media platforms. You can follow us at Shell and Tell Pod on Twitter. You can follow Ryan at Terps B. Espert. Follow me at Fred BLBS. Follow Ahmed at Kafir the Turtle and Inside the Black and Gold. Uh, if you got any questions for the show or you want to hit us up, send us an email at shellandtellpod at gmail.com. Ryan, sign us off. All right, guys. It's a big month. We got lots of things going on for the future and current Terps. Let's wish us well onto the early signing period. Let's go get a win against an old ACC foe and have a damn good time doing it. Until next time, here's the wishing. All is well. Under the shell.